0: it's time now for keeping it 100 with dory sponsored by the derek olivier institute keeping it real with dory is designed to analyze discuss and develop positive outcomes to help stop the violence in the community now let's go to the studios here's our show host edmund davis Night. parents and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio the smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships. When you apply, you'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 $2,500 $500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships, and we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio.
1: Once the science class, let the course begin as every episode is a semester. Thank you for tuning in to Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Radio, making history one generation at a time. We are broadcasting from Arkansas Baptist College in downtown Little Rock's historic Dunbar neighborhood. We're just three lights away from the Arkansas State Capitol building, the seat of power in the natural state. Keeping It 100 with Dory comes on every Thursday from 6 PM to 7 PM on Buffalo Radio. We are the newest HBCU radio station in the nation. We are America's only known weekly, hourly, okay, every Thursday at six o'clock. The only show in the country that discusses black male homicides as the number one killer of black males ages 1 through 44 in America, according to the CDC. Of course, right now, uh, we're going to go ahead and switch up the tone a little bit because i got some announcements moving forward. I want to say thank you to the Olivier family in uh, Louisiana, of course, uh, Papa Joseph and Mother Alma, for of course uh, inviting me and my wife down there to have a good time. Thank you for letting us stop in on through, and to definitely to the Olivier family, uh, we recognize what you're doing and we thank you for the advocacy that you have to keep Derek's name alive as we're trying to do so here at Arkansas Baptist College. We also say thank you and welcome to um, the, uh, the the the. Uh, honestly, I want to say thank you not just to the family but also to the uh, board members that we had a chance to meet, to the community members that we had a chance to meet this past weekend. That's Mr. Mike Rose, Mr. uh, CJ Carter, of course, Brother Antoine Prince, and Sister Felicia Prince, uh, Carol James, Derek Wells, James Crosby, Effie James, Rosa Crosby, uh, Janelle Rose, and of course, uh, Terrell James. We thank each and every one of you for welcoming us down there this past weekend. Also, we want to acknowledge uh, Mr. Michael Granville. He still has the U.S. record. He still has the high school record for the 800 meter dash. It was challenged several weeks ago, but Brother Mike, thank you for the great insight last week as uh, you are the CEO and founder of uh, GFIT Bootcamp. So we thank you for your remarks last week as well. Okay, and I want to say congratulations to uh, all the winners from this past week's uh, election season and cycle. Uh, from chris jones who was the democratic candidate for uh, arkansas's governor on down to the municipal seats okay regardless of party it's not about parties it's about people so again we thank uh, each and every one of you those who even didn't win we say thank you to you as well for the roles that you played in to uh increase the quality of life here in little rock central arkansas and the whole state of arkansas and beyond okay also juneteenth is just over two weeks away folks that's right Juneteenth is over two weeks away and be sure not just the party folks okay not just to party and have fun but to really know what Juneteenth is about figure out the meaning of June nineteenth, 1865 let your children let your children's children okay if you don't know we, we challenge you to find out what Juneteenth means what it stands for okay oftentimes we just go to block parties and barbecues and have fun and we dance and we we're festive but also there's a message involved in that as well and so this is speaking from my educator side, so it's also important for us to talk about that, okay? Also, we wanna give an acknowledgement to, uh, there's a program coming up through the Summer Breeze Festival in Pine Bluff in July, so stay tuned for more information on that. I got that from uh, Mr. Quetta from earlier. She's a previous guest here on Keeping at 100. All right, so we're gonna switch up to the Professor Davis Says segment real quick. And uh, of course, I believe that um, there were 233 mass shootings as of yesterday and so it seems like America protects guns more than it protects children, okay? So again, I digress to that point. And that point is from me, Edmund Davis, not from Arkansas Baptist College. It is not from keeping 100 Redory, nor either one of my guests, okay? That's from me, all right? And I'm following the facts, not feelings, all right? I'm following facts, not feelings. But you gotta put the field to the facts, all right? So moving forward, uh, we have an awesome guest here. He's beyond the status of role model. Uh, he and his family have done some great things and we're gonna be able to talk about that a little bit later on in the show, okay? So before you hear his voice, let me give you just a brief introduction to Mr. Sidney Alvin Moncrief, okay? One of the greatest basketball players to ever come out, not just of Arkansas, but America, okay? He played, all right, he played point guard, shooting guard, if you will, at the University of Arkansas from 1975 to 1979. Moncrief was named the Southwest Conference's most valuable player and went on to uh, help the Razorbacks go to the Final Four back in 1978. He was an NBA first rounder, that's right, number five, by the Milwaukee Bucks, where he spent his time, and of course there, uh, five-time NBA All-Star, earned the praise and respect of NBA uh, legends like, of course, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan. He was inducted into the uh, Arkansas Black Hall of Fame in 2001, and the Nate Smith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame uh, in 2019. Coach Moncrief was born September 21st, 1957, that same year, folks, of the Little Rock Nine crisis, all right, although he was born that same month as a fairly mandated situation that was going on, he was one of the bright spots in Arkansas in the country during that time, all right, when he was born. However, of course, also Moncrief was a member of the Boy Scouts troop, where hard work and his family garnered help through Moncrief. He, of course, uh, dodged the criminal element in drugs in his rough neighborhood at that time. And so we thank uh, the Scout Boy troops for helping out along that path and his family, of course, leading the way. Moncrief played his first professional uh, game, well, excuse me, I'm sorry, Moncrief played his first official game, all right, while attending Dunbar Junior High School in seventh and eighth grades. He also enrolled in Hall High. Of course, Moncrief made the varsity team as a senior and was named to several, that's right, folks, several All-American teams, all right. In 1979, the Razorbacks Of course went on to that tournament and of course they i believe lost to larry bird in indiana state university and i had the living legend himself here in the studio can correct me uh, once we go live here in a second okay but after graduating in 79 with a bachelor's degree of physical education twice earning of course he earned that's right Sidney moncrief was two-time nba defensive player of the year award all right moncrief came out as of course brief retirement and played for the atlanta hawks and of course after retiring from professional basketball, Moncrief owned the Buick dealership, also went on to assist the uh, the Dallas Mavericks, rather. And of course, he uh, went on to be uh, an assistant coach at other uh, NBA teams. And now, of course, course, he has the uh, Back to the Basics All-Star Basketball Academy uh, for youth, and of course, for wellness and training as well. He operates, and of course, he did that in Fort Myers. Of course, he also had the National Basketball Development League uh, back in 2007. Of course, uh, Moncrief was hired as a shooting a coach for the, SIN, for the Golden State Warriors and as an assistant coach for the Milwaukee Bucks at one point in time. Of course, also, Coach Moncrief was on a broadcast team for the Bucks, the Fox Sports Network in Wisconsin. Today, Coach Moncrief is CEO and owner of uh, One Team Enterprise, which he uh, and his wife, uh, Dr. Takesha Moncrief, they give services to a number of entities, not just here locally, but around the country, okay? He was called Sid the Squid, Sir Sid, El Sid, of course. This Hall of Fame player is not just a coach, all right, but he's an acclaimed author, entrepreneur, and motivational speaker, okay? So, of course, we have to listen to this man. We have to listen to what he's doing, what he's done, and where he's going and where he's taking us, okay? So, again, I want you to listen into Coach Moncrief's defense on how to stop black fratricides, fast break points on homicide, okay? That's right. So, I welcome to the studio here at Keeping It 100 Burduri on Buffalo Radio, the living legend, Mr. Coach Sidney Moncrief. Hey, Coach. Hey, hello, hello, hello. Good evening. How are
2: you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for that wonderful introduction.
1: Appreciate well, it. Sir, it's an honor to have you uh, amongst us, myself and our station manager here, Mr. Coleman. And so uh, let the Keeping at 100 audience, let them know some things about you that I did not mention, sir. Give us one or two items that was not on that biography.
2: Wow, I don't know, you were pretty comprehensive in your <laughs> research, um, nothing. Okay. I'm sure as we talk, I'll think of something. Yes, sir, yes, sir. But I try not to keep my history nor my accolades in my brain. Mm-hmm. I only process them when people say them. And uh, it's really weird because mm-hmm. you think back to when you were growing up, matter of fact, Dunbar Recreation Center, just yes, sir. down the street, mm-hmm. and I used to spend hours and hours from the fifth grade, mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry, from the sixth grade up through the NBA. I spent mm-hmm. a lot of hours at Dunbar Recreation Center, walking from 26th and games to 16th and Chester, and just balling out, mm-hmm. wasn't much of a basketball player, just loved playing the game of basketball, got better every year, better every year, better every the year. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes, when I drive back through the neighborhoods mm-hmm. and places I hung out, it's always an
1: honor yes, to, be,
2: to, be, to be in these areas. Wow, wow.
1: Now, how did you become a high school phenom and, of course, college, a professional basketball star, whether it's NCAA or NBA? What was the start? What was the catalyst for that journey? I'm not sure. Uh, uh, sometimes I try to
2: process mm-hmm. what happened. Right. Sometimes people aspire to be certain things. Uh, I could never say that, gosh, I dreamt of being an NBA basketball player mm-hmm. or even a college basketball player. I just knew that I like playing basketball and I like being out and shooting and getting better and, and I tell people good things happen when you focus on the process of improving every day. doesn't matter what you do. If you can just say every day I'm going to get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. If you do that over the course of time, number one you develop good routines and number two you develop uh, the ability to, uh, to be a winner. Mm-hmm. And, and, per, and persevere i think that's what happened with me sometimes i sit down and say okay how did you, how did you get here mm-hmm. and it's just work and blessings and and support from other people
1: mm-hmm. what stands out for, from what you just said the key word i heard to me was routines you know a lot of times we get into uh, certain types of routine it depends on what that routine is in this case definitely uh helpful and you learned a whole lot people learn from you you learn from other people it was folks that you mimic, I'm sure, your game after or just you know, your walk, whether it's with your family or other basketball players at that center uh, when you were growing up. But that, kind of, that term just kind of stood out to me, routine, and, and, and other people, what do you think?
2: Yeah, routines are, are essential to, to, to success mm-hmm. or failure. Yes, sir. Because when people don't achieve things they want to achieve, it's normally because they have developed bad habits they, day in and day out, and they're difficult to break Mine was just the opposite since I had parents and relatives that made sure we did things the right way. Yes, sir. We had to do things the right way. We had to put forth effort in everything we did, whether we liked it or not. If you do that over the course of 15, 20 years, good things happen. Maybe not the NBA, mm-hmm. maybe not riches, but you're going to be an impact player, I'm sorry, impact person. You're mm-hmm. going to certainly uh, live a v- extremely productive life.
1: Mm-hmm. Coach Moncrief, who influenced you? We talked about the previous question, but is there a person or someone that stands out, whether it's from high school, uh, it may have not been a coach, maybe a teammate, or someone that you saw, someone that you read about, or someone that was in the league when you was, a, before you got to the league, who helped you or pushed you to that next level, person-wise?
2: We're big believers that Moncrief Game Changer, and actually Moncrief, one team, both yes, companies, we're big believers, And what we say, experiences, exposure, and that means so very much. Experiences, exposure, engagement. Experiences, exposure, engagement. If we can have individuals that give that to our young people, it could be a game, it will be a game changer. And I think back, it was Coach Oliver Elders, Mm -hmm. my coach at Hall High School. Mm -hmm. I remember going to my first Horace basketball game Coach Johnny Greenwood took us there. He was my coach at Booker. And we watched Maurice Sapp and Scarborough and Henry Humphrey and uh, Hooks. And we watched, I was a junior high school guy. Wasn't much of, couldn't play basketball very well. (laughs) And I remember that that cool coach on the sideline Mm -hmm. and the horseman. The gym was full of people, and they were balling out. I mean, they were wow. playing basketball at a very high level, and Coach <laughs> Elders was on the sideline holding up signs uh-huh. and sitting down. <laughs> they had the game in total control. Experiences, exposure. I remember Coach Elders taking us to my first UAPB basketball game. It was UAPB okay. versus Grambling.
1: Get out of here. GSU, shout out to Grambling, folks. Man, and UAPB. They,
2: had some, <laughs> ooh, they had some guys that could ball out. Mm-hmm. And I remember being – of course, you go from a Horace Bend High School – gym to a uapb gymnasium that was bigger Mm -hmm. and wow you're sitting there like man they're just playing at this high level and you at least i did i never said i would be there one day Mm -hmm. then you go to charles uh, coach charles ripley that took us to my first well actually alan miller and and attorney miller that took me and my best friend brother to our first aba basketball game Mm -hmm. in memphis tennessee so now, you, bigger <laughs> venue, right. bigger stage, and you're sitting there watching Dr. J and Dan Issel mm-hmm. and those guys play basketball. <clears throat> and you're like, wow, that's wow. a different level. And then Coach Charles Ripley, he took us to every so many AIC basketball games back mm-hmm. when AIC was just the bomb. He took us to an NBA an aba game in, in Memphis, took us to the NFL football game, college football games in Dallas. Wow. Experiences, wow. exposure, engagement is a game changer. So I would say they had such a tremendous impact on my life yes, by creating experiences mm-hmm. and exposing me to things I would not have been exposed to. And so those would be some of the people, across my parents, my mom, my stepfather, okay. and my father, they made me do things the right way. Right. My mom did not want me to play basketball. I she was did? talking to someone the other day about young people today and the pressure they face from their parents when mm-hmm. they are playing sports. Mm-hmm. And I told, uh, told Miss Pat, I said, you know what? My mom said I could not play basketball mm-hmm. in the ninth grade, could not play. And certainly she changed her mind by the time I got to the NBA, but, <laughs> right, <laughs> but early right. in the process. Right. So those people, my mom included, they certainly had a profound impact on my life.
1: Wow, wow. And before we go on our first commercial break, I wanna give a shout out to Coach Elders and Coach Greenwood. and. Uh, rest in love to Coach Charles Ripley, who passed away a couple years ago. I had a chance, an honor, a pleasure to meet him uh, as he was a, a namesake and still is a namesake here at the campus of Arkansas Baptist College. Folks, we're going to take our first commercial break. We have the living legend himself in the studio here at Buffalo Radio. We'll be right back. We're keeping it 100 we're doing here on Buffalo Radio.
0: alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships. When you apply, you'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 $2,500 $500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships, and we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. Welcome back to Keeping It
1: 100 with Dory here on Buffalo Radio where being real is the deal. We have in the studio again, NBA Hall of Famer, uh, husband, dad, we have here entrepreneur, author, the list goes on and on. Influencer is a term for 21st century. This man is very relevant and uh, definitely he's been sharing with me, blessing us in the studio with uh, insight onto the people who gave him that path. And we mentioned again, Coach Greenwood, Coach Elders and Coach Ripley. Uh, his mother and father, Mr. and Mrs. Moncrief, so on and so forth. So this is unique. This is the package for success, folks. To the students listening, this is a package for success. All right, again, after God, this is a package for success. Uh, and of course, Coach Moncrief is giving that to us here today, here on Buffalo Radios, keeping them 100 per door, okay? So uh, Coach, definitely um, describe how you made the adjustment from the NBA to being a founder of Moncrief Team One. How was those adjustments in play after uh, you retired from the NBA?
2: When you start in the NBA, you really think you never will retire. You, you really think you'll play forever. Wow. Because you're young, you're vibrant, mm-hmm. you, have, you have game, and you're the, one of the best at what you do. Mm-hmm. At some point, either someone tells you or your body tells you mm-hmm. that this won't last forever. And that happened to me. I started in the NBA in 1979. I would say about 1985 Uh, Coach, I'm sorry, attorney, Jay Dickey, who was my attorney at the time, he Mm -hmm. was always uh, telling me to be forward thinking. He always wanted me to do things outside of the box. He wanted me to be independent and not Mm -hmm. dependent on other people. He said, you know what? You're going to have to find something else to do because you can't play this game forever. Mm -hmm. And that's when we started looking at opportunities, business opportunities, that, okay, what can you do that you like, I guess, that could earn income for you and that's how i initially started in the car business because a friend of mine was a, was in the business and we went to visit him he told us to go see jay caldwell who owns the the toyota dealership okay. in conway now mm-hmm. i went to visit him told him what i wanted to do and he said are you crazy <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> because the car business is so difficult it's a okay. very difficult business but he was very encouraging okay I told him I wanted to look at buying a small dealership in Stuttgart, and his Mm -hmm. comment was, well, I tell you what, if you're gonna do a dealership, you might as well do something bigger because you're gonna work as hard at the small dealership and get less benefit than you would in a larger dealership. Mm -hmm. And that's when I ran into Brent Terrell from Terrell GMC. I was Mm -hmm. having my car service, Mm -hmm. and people need to know, every encounter is an opportunity to impact others and to expand yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Every encounter is an opportunity to grow what you do, impact others. Every encounter. And Brent, we had done business before, and he, I had bought vehicles from him, and he's the one that told me that there's an automobile dealership that's going to open in mm-hmm. North Florida, and they're looking for a minority candidate. He said, why don't we apply together? Okay. And we'll apply for the dealership together. We went to General Motors, they said, well, we want to do something different. We'll keep you, but we need to make sure that you're with someone else. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I had to make a business decision of terminating a relationship and going in a different direction. And that's how I started. 1987 is when my brother, Ed Barrett, my older brother, he, mm-hmm. was, he actually spearheaded a lot of what we did with opening the dealership along with other people. And that was my first year that I started my business. and It was actually three years before I retired. So when I retired from the NBA, gotcha. it was an easy transition just to go into what I was doing. Okay. Although I wasn't passionate or involved right. as much as uh, some other people might have been, I at least had somewhere to, to call home okay. business-wise.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I was looking at the chronology of it said it was a couple of years before you retired. So that will put it at, you said 85? It was 87, 87 when I opened okay. the dealership. Okay. Yes. Okay, 87. That was the year I think the Waves won the Super Bowl. I'm, mm-hmm. History, I'm going right. into mm-hmm. what happened at that time. I ran Contra mm-hmm. Affair. Reagan was president, and I was living in Philly. Uh, I believe Charles, Sir Charles was playing for the Sixers. He and sure still was still in Milwaukee at the time. <laughs> I think he had Cheeks at the time right. and, and, and all that. And so, uh, you know, our, our topic, folks, if you're just now tuning in, I'm in the studio here at Buffalo Radio with the living legend himself, businessman, entrepreneur, uh, coach, Sidney Moncrief. We're just having a conversation here, here on Buffalo Radio about just the topic, and our topic is about uh, the business mind of, of black males. And, of course, for those who are just now tuning in, this is something that you can use because, you know, those who are in business, legal business, we're talking about legally speaking, okay? Now, here it is. Business people, for the most part, when you look at the numbers of homicide rates, and this all turns back into the same reason why we're here. You know, those who are in smart business, uh, you don't hear about those guys getting killed violently on the streets. And so, again, not saying you're death proof or anything like that, but very seldom you hear about someone who owns a car dealership uh, being shot. You know, um, you know, midnight uh, on the streets and things like that. And so, we're going to talk about that a little bit further. And uh, Coach Moncrief has been a successful businessman moving forward. But also, Coach, I wanted to ask, were you or do you know if you were maybe the first black uh, car dealer salesperson at that time when you first opened up? In in the state State of Arkansas. Arkansas. Right. Clearly. Wow. Wow. (laughs) wow.
2: Clearly. uh, There were very few. There were some black salespeople. Mm Mm-hmm but I don't think there were very many black managers right? Okay. until I opened my dealership, and then we had black managers, we had mm-hmm. more blacks that worked in the dealerships, because although we comprise of a large percentage of people that bought cars, African Americans, mm-hmm. dealers during that time, and, and to some extent even now, they don't really see us or didn't see us mm-hmm. as viable candidates for management positions mm-hmm. or doing anything other than... Other than buying cars from them or selling cars so i was the first and then the ford dealer came in later and he was the first uh ford the second uh, black auto dealer in the state of arkansas new oh. car auto dealer not used car okay right
1: new car yeah i wanted to make sure that the listeners knew that those who are listening for the listeners in philly atlanta for the listeners in st louis new orleans for the listeners in uh, east pablo alto california uh, we, again, have living legend Coach Moncrief on the phone here, right on the phone, in the studio. I'm used to having people on the phone sometimes as well. Okay, so... Um, could I add I something to sure, that? Sure, yes, so, sir. And, and back then, they were designating
2: certain locations mm-hmm. for African Americans. Wow. The problem was, typically, it was a dealership that was on the down slope. Wow. In an area that population had grown away from. And they would, they would locate, they would say, okay, well, this dealership is for sale. We'll buy it, General Motors or Ford Chrysler. Right. We'll buy it and then we'll flip it over and let them buy it from us. Wow. My dealership, though, was what you call an open point. Mm-hmm. Very valuable, those are very few of those. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a location that they do a study and say, we need another dealership in this market. We're gonna put a new dealership there. And that's different. It was a good opportunity. In other words, it was a good opportunity. 80%, I don't know, 50% of the opportunities afforded to black auto dealers mm-hmm. at that time were poor opportunities. Wow. Because remember, automotive dealerships are family owned businesses. Exactly. And they normally are passed down and passed down and passed down. They're not sold Legacy. very much. Mm-hmm. That was years ago. Now it's totally different. But it, that it's, it's very important to note that the program that they had in place was very much necessary.
1: Mm-hmm. It just reminds me of today what I've been reading and I could be wrong, but I believe there's some truth to this. I know that there's a number of African American McDonald's business franchisees and they're suing McDonald's because of uh, the locations that they said that they can open their restaurants in and how it's on a and down, something similar to what you just explained, you know, uh, I was having a conversation with somebody earlier, it's been a consistent conversation about how it seems like your skin color is relevant in a lot of these issues when it comes to you know, opening up, and whether it's franchisees and you know, the area, your zip code has a lot to do with it, and I uh, hadn't been privy to that until yeah. the last 10 and years.
2: also, though, is, is timing. Timing. Okay. When you come to the game late, which we have, okay. people are in the game early, they're already playing. They're right. not gonna give up their ball and say, here, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> have been, take this ball, right. oh, let's play with yeah. us, we'll let you play with us, let's <laughs> share this court. Right. You're gonna have to create another court for yourself and sometimes it's not the court you want to to Mm -hmm. be up to be playing on the goal might be broken down no nets the ball might be bad but Mm -hmm. the there have been people that have still succeeded and when you succeed under those conditions your opportunities are greater than anyone else's the problem is a lot of people don't succeed but those that have have done very very well
1: Mm -hmm. okay folks you're listening to that last voice before mine Coach Sidney Moncrief, just explaining his experience. So again, his look is experiential and uh, not someone who's looking on the outside. He, he has experience from that side and uh, it's good to get that insight. All right, so Coach, definitely, uh, what's been the largest obstacle in your experiences for young black males when it comes to uh, them being their best? What have you uh, seen as a coach, player, businessman? What have you seen as force black males becoming their best? What's stopping them, or at least what do you see?
2: In today's society, in today,
1: or what you saw years ago, or today. Well,
2: or... what we saw years ago, it was pretty much the system and people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think that's the case as much today. Okay, I'm not saying we don't have an issue with some of the systems right. or people. I think now it's an issue of family structure. It's an issue of expectations, and I have standards. The standards that we that we put in place for our African American men mm-hmm. are just so low, and they're, they're coddled and they're not discipline and they get away with too much at home and so now they get into and I've seen this as a coach and also owning in the business you act a certain way at home you don't have any any discipline now you get into the quote real world you have trouble adjusting to the structure that's put in front of you so that's one issue that I think we have the other is I think we feed our black uh, men and black people in general we feed them too much negative energy mm-hmm. about what they can't do and what happened 40, 50 years ago with slavery and discrimination, and 200 years ago with slavery and discrimination and Jim Crow laws. Right. No, we, we have to just let them understand today, today, right now is the New best day. time mm-hmm. to be a black person in America,
1: mm-hmm. hands down. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: And they have to, we have to make them feel that way because if not, every time something negative happens, which is going to happen, they're going to just say, oh, here we go, mm-hmm. I heard this, I knew this was going to be the case, I heard my parents say I couldn't make it. I heard so-and-so say I couldn't make it. Well, I'm not going to make it. Mm -hmm. So I would like for us to start having these more positive, like you're doing, positive discussions about what you can do, not what someone is going to prevent you from doing.
1: Yes, yes. I went to a graduation about two weeks ago, and uh, the graduation keynote speaker was a man, an actor, entrepreneur, author, named Hill Harper. And uh, Hill was talking the same thing, Coach. He was just saying. Sometimes your parents, sometimes your environment can kind of publish and say things verbally to a student that's about to graduate. He says, I'm not gonna tell you anything negative today. There's a lot of negative stuff out there. But again, parents, he was talking to the parents in the audience, he was saying to them, don't tell your students, your students, your children that you can't do this and you can't do that, you know? Let's open their horizons to different elements and become ceiling breakers in essence. And so the way he translated that, which, I tried to a second ago. It was a whole lot better obviously. No,
2: no, um, you said it very yeah. well. And mm-hmm. the power of words. We can both look back and think of the most hateful thing someone said to us mm-hmm. 40, 50 years later, or the most encouraging thing someone said to us. Yes, sir. We still remember that. Mm-hmm. So for for parents, for people to think that when you say negative things or have a negative attitude or spirit towards When you're talking to young people whoever that's not going to matter that's just not true it matters a lot Mm -hmm. it matters a lot so that's one thing i feel that we can we can all do a better job including myself (laughs) we can do a better job in that area
1: yeah so definitely um what uh do you know about the substantial percentage of withdrawal funds from after school programs that's relevant to the increase in criminal activity even homicides, I've noticed that um, a lot of city leaders, not just here in Little Rock, but around the country, Philly, uh, Camden, New Jersey, New York City, Chicago, uh, even um, Indianapolis, Indiana, they talk about when you take those funds away out the city (coughs) for these programs, some of these young guys, they'll give you a green light to do anything negative, but with that minimum of opportunities for do things, a lot of these guys fall by the wayside, get in trouble. What's your take on that?
2: Now, my take is gonna be different. Okay. So brace yourself. Yes, sir. There's enough money to do everything we need to do. Mm -hmm. Because typically when, because we we apply for funding as you do, Mm -hmm. typically when money leaves, some other money is there to replace it. Yes. Or it's another safety net somewhere that's available. Mm -hmm. The COVID, if people are complaining about money (laughs) in this environment, then something's wrong. wrong. Because COVID alone, the funding from COVID alone pumps so many additional dollars Mm -hmm. into our communities. And yes, some programs have left, but what I find is it's not an issue of lacking resources for our young people. I think we do have a little bit of a disconnect once they get over a certain age. Okay. What are we doing to that 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, Mm -hmm. 23, 24, 25? There's a little pocket, and you and I know that's a little pocket there that's missing, but there's money out there for that. Mm -hmm. People just have to locate it and put together an initiative to make it work. Here's what I do see, that because so much money has been wasted throughout the years, the government and these funding sources make it very difficult for people to start an initiative or a program that could help
0: mm-hmm.
2: because they're thinking about what what has happened 15 years ago. They said, well, that money was wasted. We're gonna make sure when, when you do a program, you have to have all these boxes checked. Mm-hmm. We have 20 different criteria. You have to meet all 20. Mm-hmm. There are some good programs out there that's not gonna meet all 20. Right. <laughs> and that is the issue. I think we have to be more, more open-minded, me the funders, to say okay, yeah we have maybe 10 programs that will check all 20 of these boxes and we have probably 10 to eight that won't but they might be good programs. Let's give them an opportunity. You, you're not seeing that as much as you saw 10 or 15 years ago.
1: I agree and it kind of goes back to the point where and it's the same relevance where uh, you've got some teachers out there that are not board certified or they're not they're not finished with the degree program but they're good teachers and they're good people then you have teachers on the other hand that are board certified but their hearts are not in the right place they mm-hmm. could care less they just want to get that check so you know I kind of see that uh, analogy moving forward okay we, we have
2: to stop using money and in, initiatives and programs as a reason because i really don't think it is and i'm in the community with programs i see a lot of them i see how much money is out there sometimes i'm like oh my goodness because <laughs> you know, right, I, right. I apply for a grant i might get a certain amount and someone is getting 150 200 250 right. 300 a half million which is good mm-hmm. so i know there's money out there to be mm-hmm. used to change what we're seeing mm-hmm. Okay,
1: we'll take our commercial break. We'll be right back as we have Coach Moncrief in the studio here at Keeping Up 100 here at Buffalo Radio.
0: Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College Today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College Today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships when you apply. You'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships. And we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio.
1: Welcome back to Keeping It One Hundred. We're doing here on Buffalo Radio. We're being real as the deal. I want to give a shout out again to uh, the Olivier family, and uh, you know our thoughts and prayers are with you at this time, and uh, you know we love you. And of course, uh, you know what? I can't wait to get back down there again. And I'll keep it short and leave it at that. But we have Coach Moncrief in the studio, and he's blessing us with his insight, with his take on uh, how can we help solve this issue we have here. When he call it black fratricide. And, of course, he's a business mind. He has a coaching mind. He has an educational spirit and definitely a a leader beyond measure. And so we thank him uh, for for what he's done and what he's still doing uh, moving forward. So with that being said, Coach, what advice could you give as a coach and as a businessman, dad, leader, what advice could you give the single parent or aspiring high school student who wants to be a successful business person Okay, but they don't want to go to college. That's the catch. They want to be successful in business, but don't want to go to college. What can you see path that they can choose? Well, the good news
2: is most people don't go to college. And a high percentage are still successful. Mm -hmm. I certainly encourage people to go to college or to get additional training in whatever you attempt to do. Yes, sir. But I'd never like to say you got to go to college because it's not in everyone's spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I would say as it relates to my entrepreneur, it's certain principles. I'm going to give you this one principle. I wrote it down that if they can remember this right here, even parents, uh, if you can remember our grit, we call it grit, Yes. our grit philosophy that we use, the grit factor. We use this with our workshops and this applies to a student or parent, just have parents having want to be a better parent or a student want to be a better student basketball player or a business person, whatever. I use it because I need it. And number one, with grit, we like to tell people, if you aspire to do something, then you have to, gee, you have to grow. You have to put growth as very important part of your plan. And that just means that every day you get better. I like to get better every day, get better every day, get better every day, you Mm -hmm. grow. You grow spiritually every day, emotionally every day, intellectually every day. Mm Growth is really important, and that's the first part of grit. A lot of young people I encounter, they want to do great things, but they don't want to put in the work. Right, don't right. put in the work. Mm-hmm. I say, okay, we're going we're gonna to do a routine schedule of your day. Give me your goal. So they give, give us a goal. They have a goal of, of being a, a medical person. and then so, Now give us your schedule for that entire day, including mm-hmm. night, until you go to bed and you see what they put down and they don't match. (laughs) How can you play video games seven hours per day and be a better student or to be a better basketball player? It just don't match. So what we try to make them understand that if you have goals, then you have to grow every day. So that's the first letter of grit. R is resilience. You have to learn to overcome setbacks and get back to normal as soon as possible. You and I know Mm -hmm. there will be setbacks, there will be things that you want to happen, they won't happen. Yes. There were opportunities that looked like good opportunities, yes. and you are rolling right along, and then somebody just hit you in the yes. mouth and knock you back. <laughs> you have to readjust. Yep. And the people that succeed and do great things in life doesn't mean financially great things. To me, great things in life means you're living your best life and you're impacting people. Mm-hmm. If you make money, that's good also. Money, Money is important. Right. But people that are the best at what they do, they get knocked down and they get back to normal as soon as possible and start to continue to carry on their life or their goals. So resilience is so important. So we have growth, make sure you're growing every day. Parents, you grow every day in making your your child better. You're resilient when things happen that that you don't anticipate and they knock you down, you get back up. Intentionality is the I. You have to plan for success, plan for things that you want to happen. Success just don't happen, right? And I think we're living in an insta- well, we've been living in a microwave <laughs> society. Idea. That, that when, you, when you see <laughs> stars, entertainers, movie stars, business people, and you see these super wealthy people, you think that they all of a sudden just woke up one day and boom, it was right, right. there. Most of these people had plans; they were intentional about everything that they did to get them to the point that they were.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Intentionality is one thing we don't teach our our uh, kids enough. Yes, yes. Not, not enough. Women are more intentional than men. Right. Women are more intentional than men. Women are more intentional than men. That's why they're more <laughs> successful than men, mm-hmm. because they're planning every step yep. of what they're doing. <laughs> i never forget when I was, uh, you know, you were in school and you, you had a little girl that you thought you had a little crush on, and yeah. all of a sudden you might have gotten with her, and you thought, yeah, you stick out your chest like you, <laughs> you've done something. And then 10 to 15 years later, you, you have that conversation, you said no. I saw you first, I planned everything that happened. Right. You yep, know, yep, that's true. I planned for you to get with that's me. True. <laughs> yep. That's been intentional mm-hmm. and people need to understand that if you have goals, intentionality, making a plan to get to that goal mm-hmm. is really essential if you're going to be successful. So you have to grow, yes. you have to have resilience, you have to be intentional or plan. And then last but not least, you have to have tenacity. T is tenacity. Uh, you have to be aggressive, and put forth the work and effort that it takes to be successful. I used to be insulted when Coach Sutton, Eddie Sutton, Eddie Sudden, loved, and legendary, Coach Foster, love, love those guys at Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. But he would say, Sidney can outwork everybody. He works as hard as so and so and so and so. And it used to make me upset because I used to say, Well, what about my talent? In, in my mind, he's saying that my biggest asset was my work ethic and not my talent. <laughs> As I got older, I realized how much of a compliment that was mm-hmm. because the great equalizer that can help you overcome the lack of talent, lack of intellectual capability, lack of anything is your ability to work smart and hard in the so. next person. So mm-hmm. that tenacity, if you, had, if you had to ask me one thing, if you ask me one question, say, Coach Moncrief, what, why, why, are you success, why were you so successful in basketball or whatever you do when you're successful? Because I have failed a lot. You know, you have to understand, life is going to be success and failure. Mm -hmm. But when you were successful, what was the key? I would say tenacity. Mm -hmm. I had, I mean, no one would outwork me on the basketball court. I didn't care if it was Michael Jordan, Larry Bird. I didn't (laughs) really care. You might outplay me. Right. You might be a better player. Right. Because everyone can't be the best player, but you would never, ever outwork me. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I do the same thing in business, mm-hmm. then I'm very successful. When I don't, which I have had the tendency not to, then mm-hmm. I'm not successful. So you gotta put in the work if you're going to uh, experience success.
1: Wow, you heard it folks, hashtag grit, that's right. You heard it here on Buffalo Radio's Keeping It 100 Dory by Coach Sidney Moncrief. Of course goals, resilience, tenacity, excuse me, uh, intentionality and tenacity. OK, that's no, uh,
2: the first one is growth,
1: growth. I'm yeah. sorry, growth, Gotta grow, grow, get okay. better every day, growth. Get my notes right here. OK, growth, resilience, uh, intentionality and tenacity. OK, there it is, grit, folks. So, coach, we really appreciate that. And of course, uh, I, I can co-sign. Um, you, you, you're definitely on point with that. And I see it. All the colleges that I've taught at universities, Louisiana Tech, Arkansas Baptist, Euler I've got most of my students uh, you know some of them had the grit all of them didn't have it so you know you would see it and uh, I'm thinking what stood out to me was tenacity I've had guys when I ran track in college you know I worked hard in practice but some guys were just actually gifted more Mm -hmm. than me I didn't have a problem with it you know my roommate or whatever Mm -hmm. but uh, I worked just as hard as they did if not more so definitely I do uh, see where that is
2: when you work when you put in the work you can just feel good about yourself.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: You really can. If Michael Jordan is physically better, which he is, which he was, if he's physically better than I am, but yet I can accept that. Mm-hmm. I cannot accept that I go on the court and I'm intimidated and he outworks me. Right. That's what I can't accept. That's can not an accept. option. That's not an option. No, not at all. And it should be the same way with everyone in your daily life. If you're trying to accomplish a goal, you gotta, you got to put in the work. I always felt comfortable that I know I didn't. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. I did some things that I can't tell say on radio. Right. <laughs> I, didn't do, I didn't do those two. Right, right. Didn't so, do those two, though. No, no. So I felt my body was always uh, prepared mm-hmm. to play at its highest peak. We ask these young people a question when we do our workshops. Say, what, time, what time do you go to bed at night? Right. Mm. If you go to bed at 11 p.m., stand. Mm-hmm. A couple people stand. If you go to bed at midnight, stand. Uh, maybe three or four more. If you go to bed at 1 a.m. Now, nah, you had more people standing. 2 a.m., wow. more people standing. 3 a.m., and they're proud of it. And wow. I said, well, you don't, you just can't be at your best if you don't get rest. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. Right, right. And so I always took pride in making sure I took care of my body and got plenty of rest and was ready to play at a high level.
1: Wow. Coach, of course, before we close out, you know, if any of our Keeping of 100 Dory listeners are curious to learn more about you and, of course, uh, the program you and Dr. Moncrief run, the workshops, the series, in various communities that you've been empowering over the years, what information can you provide to the listeners here at Keeping It 100 with Just uh, And how can they reach out to you? They they can go to Sydney
2: Moncrief, S-I-D-N-E-Y, M-O-N-C-R-I-E-F, as in Frank, dot com. Sydney with an I. I have to say that because I did a workshop yesterday, and the lady young lady said, my name is Sydney. She <laughs> said, but I spell it with a, a Y. No, she spelled it with a, an I also. Okay. And, and she said, but it's very unusual. Now they don't spell it with I's anymore. They spell it all kinds of different ways, with Y's and E on the back end of it. So it's S-I-D-N-E-Y, <laughs> Moncrief.com.
1: <laughs>
2: wow, wow.
1: So there you have it, folks. Again, we're honored uh, to have Coach Moncrief here. At the campus of Arkansas Baptist College at the Buffalo radio station, here for the uh, show we call, of course, Keeping It 100 with Dory. For those who have never heard this show before, Dory's an acronym for the Derek Olivier Research Institute for the Prevention of Gun Violence. We all know that homicide is the number one killer for black males ages 1 through 44. So my son falls in that range, and a lot of our students fall in that age range, chronologically speaking. We want to help uh, promote this message and to keep it positive or be truthful and to know that the glass is half full not half empty. And that's what Coach Moncrief is doing in his walk and his talk. And even when he had the practice sessions back in the 80s and 90s. Okay, so we appreciate you, Coach. But just kind of give us some closing remarks moving forward.
2: Well, we used to love to play in Philly. Yes, <laughs> mess with you. <laughs> I love going to Market Street and yes. Oak and yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes. my closing remarks would be that uh, we have a new initiative called Kindness Lives in Me, and I have a new book coming out actually. Hopefully, it'll be out by September called Kindness Lives in You. And our Kindness Lives in Me initiative is a counter to bullying and it's a counter to acts of violence. We have to find ways to be kinder uh, to each other, and kind means that we have to learn to be more generous, be more certainly more accommodating, uh, more aware of people around us, Mm -hmm. and acts of kindness is the best way of doing that. So I want to encourage everyone to make sure that we make doing acts of kindness an active part of our everyday life, because uh, for every young person that's murdered, which is too many, too many, Mm-hmm. We have to understand that we have tens and thousands of young black men that are doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure we continue to encourage them. We have to, we have to be the example. A lot of people that are committing crimes don't listen to the radio sh- shows. They don't look, they're going to look at the newspaper. They don't, they don't know. They don't have the awareness of, of things that are, the impact that they're having. Right. They don't have that awareness. Mm-hmm. But the good kids do, and we need just to continue to pour into them and make sure that kindness is our is our, our staple so that's my parting words be kind to one another and acts of kindness
1: coach you heard it first folks from the coach himself my name is ed davis and i'm director of career services and director of the derrick LeVy research institute for the prevention of gun volunteer at arkansas baptist college we're honored and of course our series for this month we're going to move forward it starts about and we're talking about marriages and how of course for those who don't know i'm looking at the numbers i'm a data-driven guy my facts are not based on feelings, but based on truths. And of course, we know that 29% to 33% of black males, are their, their homicide numbers go higher. Of course, when you're, uh, you know, when you're married, uh, what I'm trying to say is uh, you know, when you're married, you don't see too many married guys getting shot out in the streets. Uh, again, 29% increase to 33% increase of the black males who are killed every day. The number is 18 to 25 everyday homicides for black males. Most of those guys are single. And we're going to talk about that, uh, you know, of course, moving forward as we uh, talk um, about the uh, show for the, for the month of uh, June, okay? So, again, Coach, we honored that you're here. Thank you so much. For those who are listening, remember, we keep it 100 Redory moving forward.
0: Peace. Thank you for listening to Keeping It 100 with Dory. The show designed to create positive attitudes and come up with solutions to stop the violence in the community. Join us every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. We'll see you next week.